The LA Clippers had no back-to-backs for the entire month of February, so we all thought that meant Kawhi Leonard and Paul George for every single game, but that wouldn't be the case on Friday. Kawhi Leonard out with knee management. Is it a big deal? What does it mean for the Clippers? How did the Clippers play in the loss to Milwaukee? What is does it say about the team? And going to be talking about the rotation for the upcoming game against the Warriors with our new players on today's Locked On Clippers. Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, Darian Viziri, in my 18th season as a Clipper fan. You can also follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod, and of course, subscribe to my own YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for more Clipper content. Also, subscribe to Locked On Clippers on YouTube. We are free and available on all podcasting platforms, but also on YouTube where you can comment on today's pin question and that is what will your rotation be for Tuesday's game against the Golden State Warriors it is going to be a good one no Steph Curry but I'm talking about obviously the Clippers rotation so let me know today's episode is also brought to you by LinkedIn LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools they go beyond resume data the whole nine yards LinkedIn gonna be talking about LinkedIn more as the episode continues but we're going to be talking about this game, the Clippers against the Bucks. Going to start out by talking about what shocked me going into it. That's that Kawhi wasn't playing. And they said knee management. So it's one of two things. Either he had another flare-up and the Clippers are in trouble. Or it was just precautionary. They wanted to give him extra rest because the Clippers don't play till Tuesday. Will he be playing against the Warriors? That will really be... The sign, but at the same time, you know, there were no back to backs, and the Clippers have had a couple days off between Friday and the game on Tuesday. I'm just shocked that he didn't play. And Milwaukee is a tough team. Brian Seaman in commentary said it was just normal load management, which honestly disappoints me at this point. At the, I mean, I've obviously expressed my frustration on this podcast about it. But if it means at the end of the day the Clippers go into the playoffs with the top three seed, even with all the load management they've done, because I know it's not just the Clippers. Team stars rest around the league on back-to-backs and whatnot. But the Clippers obviously are like the poster boys for it, and everybody knows it's out there that the Clippers don't have the same continuity in terms of their two stars, even though they've been together for four years. So for them to again... I don't know whose call it is. I think it's the medical staff. I do not think it's Kawhi Leonard or Ty Lue here. But we just can't afford to be, you know, if Kawhi Leonard can play. I mean, yeah, he didn't look great against Dallas. But he was 7 for 12. Felt like he wasn't aggressive enough. If that means his body wasn't 100%, my question is this. But he's not injured? My question is this. Do you have confidence, if our goal is a championship, that he can play that schedule? Because the, the playoff schedule, yeah, there may be no back-to-backs, but it's a rigorous schedule. You are playing a lot of games, and you're playing high-intensity games against great 
players. Can Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's bodies withstand that for a potential championship run? That's a question, and I think these are not good signs, no matter how you want to spin it. Now, I really hope Kawhi Leonard did not have another flare-up. I really do hope so, because if he did, the Clippers are in deep trouble. I feel like I kind of jinxed it, honestly. 26 out of 33 games, I said, or something like that. He's played 26 out of the last 33 games. The only ones that he missed were one with a non-COVID-related illness against the Heat to start the year. And I mean the calendar year, not the season. And then all the other ones were he missed one game of a back-to-back. So I was so excited. I mean, I kept talking about it on Locked On. I kept talking about it on here. There were going to be no back-to-backs in February, and the Clippers were going to get PG and Kawhi playing. And the reason why I'm harping on this so much and not talking about the game yet is because the Clippers are just automatically at a huge disadvantage going into it. We can talk about the depth all we want, but Giannis Antetokounmpo in 2023 is a significantly better player than Paul George, and he dominated the game yet again. We didn't really have much of a chance. Unless we played great. Paul George needed to play great. Ty Lue needed to get the lineups right and all that. Mind you, we had a bunch of players out. It wasn't just Kawhi Leonard. Nico Batum, who was actually injured in that Dallas game that I was at. So, I mean, the Clippers are shorthanded. And Batum is definitely a body against Milwaukee that is useful. And not to mention the Clippers got absolutely beasted overall in the game. And I think that was, you know, besides the fact that Kawhi didn't play... The moral of the story was the Clippers are going to need Mason Plumlee. I'm so happy that they got him, and I am so ecstatic to see him play because they just got bullied. When Giannis was out of the game, Brooke Lopez, we were making him look like, I mean, Hakeem Olajuwon or something. He was dominating the game on both ends, and it was just insane. His rim protection, he was popping out in threes, hitting those little one-handed floaters. That centers in on pick and rolls. And, you know, Brooke Lopez has the skill set to hit mid-ranges and score in the post as well. There were a couple of plays where he was straight up bullying Zoo. And Brooke Lopez, I've just heard from Bucks, you know, people that has been having a, and obviously I watch them here and there, he's been having a really good season, especially on the defensive end, which is, you know, kind of insane considering his age and how long he's been playing, how many injuries he once had. But he really just knows angles, knows how to use his body, and is a smart player. Always has been a smart player. Always has been a skilled player. Not as great as he once was, obviously. But he has adapted really well in terms of becoming a good role player for this NBA. And you've seen that in this run with Brook- with Milwaukee. And he's a championship starting center. He got a ring out of it. So he was absolutely dominating. It was a little excessive, I will, I will say. And that means, by excessive, I mean the Clippers had no answer for these guys. Nothing. I thought they had some stretches, you know, like in the second quarter where they were sending help at Giannis really nicely when he was driving. And they had some good spells, but it wasn't sustainable. And eventually when when guys on the Milwaukee Bucks start hitting shots on the outside and they shot 43% from three in this game, actually 43.6%. So if you round up 44, it's tough to beat them. Brooke Lopez, four for six from deep. Drew Holiday, three for seven. Pat Connaughton, two for four. Grayson Allen, two for five. Javon Carter, three for five. I mean, they were hitting from the outside, and it all starts from Giannis. It truly does. And he was absolutely the best player on the floor. And that's the thing. We have two stars, but one of them wasn't playing, which makes me really concerned. Is he injured? Or, you know, did he re-aggravate it? Or was it just precautionary? And if it is precautionary, basically what I'm saying here, guys, it's a lose-lose. 
Well, it's precautionary means if it's precautionary, that means to me that this organization is still just. I know what everyone wants to say. That if the Clippers make the playoffs, doesn't matter what seed. I totally disagree, and I think that if they do get a five or six seed, they will probably find out the hard way by getting bounced out in the second round or something like that. Maybe even the first. There, and I don't want to say these things. I really don't. But you got to develop good habits. You got to develop rhythm and, and a, a good run of play. Eight out of ten games with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. You know, in the last 10 games that they've played together, notice I have to make all these, you know, ifs and parentheses and all these things. That's because I have to keep making these, you know, excuses, you can call them. Some call them reasons, some call them excuses. The point is, the Clippers need to have these guys on the court consistently. And right now, I am nervous about Kawhi Leonard and Paul George's ability to play in a, you know, championship run. Kawhi Leonard. And Paul George, I targeted them to play 60-plus games. If they can do that in the regular season, Clippers could get a great seed. Well, that's out the window already with Kawhi, right? So now I said, you know what? Kawhi's coming off an ACL tear. Let's do 50-plus games Kawhi, Paul George 60-plus. That has potential. That can still happen. That has the potential of happening. But, man, I keep saying this. We got to get it together. But You know what the optimist will say, and I guess I'll leave you with it. Hey, man. When it's after the All-Star break, then we'll really kick it in a year. The Clippers drop to 31-28. and 28. The Bucks go to 39-17. and 17. But coming up, going to actually be talking about the game. What could the Clippers have done better in the game? And it's actually two things in particular, in my opinion. And they're actually holding the Clippers back even when everyone's there. Going to be talking about that coming up. But before we do that, going to talk about LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. LinkedIn Jobs helps you go helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to your open jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resume data by using insights from your job post company and their 875 member Profile 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. It's 2023 and it's time to find the right employee for your business. And LinkedIn jobs is absolutely the place to do that. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash lockedonmba. That's linkedin.com slash lockedonmba to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. Let's get right into the game, huh? Shall we? Clippers and Bucks. The Clippers go with Brandon Boston Jr. to replace Kawhi Leonard in the starting lineup. No Nico Batum. I'm surprised they didn't go with Amir Coffee, but I actually like the look of throwing in BBJ because I'm a big Brandon Boston fan. And in this game, you can see why. He's athletic. You know, when you get Amir Coffee, Terrence Mann, and Brandon Boston all out on the court, even with the Paul George or Kawhi or even Aniko, those kind of guys out there, but mainly Amir, Terrence, and Brandon because they're younger, you see kind of a totally different team in terms of the pace that they push, the athleticism, the length on the defensive end. One reason I really like Brandon Boston is not just he looks pretty when he scores and hits you know, contested mid-ranges and pull-ups and all that good stuff. It's mainly because 
his defense has a lot of potential, and he shows that when he's out there, not just this year, but last year. He's really good in the passing lanes. He has good length, anticipation, and he's not a slouch on that end, in my opinion. I actually think he plays the game, and I think he's still trying to show that he deserves minutes. I think he himself knows it's just probably not going to happen this year. He's, he's young, and he's playing on a win-now team. But I like these kind of games where we give him minutes. And in this game, he actually played more minutes than Norman Powell, which brings me to an issue, the first of two. The biggest reason why I think the Clippers lost this game, besides the fact that the Bucks are just the better team and Giannis was the best player on the court, Paul George was not good enough doing the same old stuff we were used to him seeing when he does not play well, settling for too many jumpers, falling in love with the three, not going to the basket when he's actually getting some good stuff going to the basket, just settling. At least he shot over 20 shots, but it's just settling. Not going to the mid-post enough, not going to the basket enough. And then the second one, Ty Lue's minutes distribution per usual this season. Marcus Morris is playing 31 minutes. He has zero rebounds. Yeah, he's four for seven from three. That's about the only thing he does well is shoot the ball well from the outside. But I don't know how as efficient his contested middies are these days. I think they're still pretty decent. But we have enough guys that do that. You know what I'm saying? And his three ball, yeah, he is a good floor spacer. But I would honestly take guys that are slightly worse shooting the three ball, but better at doing the other things, rebounding, maybe play with a little more pace, play better defense, those kind of things. And it's not even against Marcus Morris. I just think that he's put in positions, much like Reggie Jackson, to look worse. Ty Lue needs to play him less. And that's one thing. We saved Ty Lue from himself with one player, with Reggie Jackson, that he loved giving minutes to, you know, kind of unfairly in my eyes, and a lot of Clipper fans' eyes. And now we have... Marcus Morris still, the remain the remaining guy who Ty Lue just gives a longer leash to in terms of minutes. But Amir Coffey, Brandon Boston, I thought we saw some really good stuff in this game from them. And it was an interesting game because the Clippers started out ice cold. They were one for eight from the field. Giannis was just absolutely beasting. You know, but it was funny enough. I criticized Marcus Morris Sr., but he actually was the one that kickstarted the Clippers hitting some shots. They actually had four threes, like in a row to get for I don't want to say on four consecutive possessions, but their next four field goals after we were stuck on two points were threes. Two for Marcus Morris, one from Paul George, and one from Norman Powell. And the guy I thought that was leading the charge and was our best player in that first quarter was Terrence Mann. Just He was guarding Drew Holiday, doing a good job on that end, really pushing the pace, getting to the basket, making just smart, connective passes. And what I mean by that is ball swung to him, making the extra pass, saying that, you know what, Paul George is next to me. He's a better shooter. I'm going to swing the ball. I'm going to attack the basket, you know, kick it out. Drive and kick. Simple basketball, efficient basketball, not doing too much, just playing the game the right way. That's what I love about Terrence Mann. And we were getting out on both ends or getting out off of misses because we were playing well on both ends, and guys like Brandon Boston were helping that. And when Giannis came out of the game, we had success. We made a run, and the Milwaukee Bucks just started playing really sloppy basketball in that first quarter. Seven turnovers in the first half, terrible entry passes, terrible law passes, and I don't even think it was that great of Clipper defense, but we'll take it. And the Clippers actually led after the first quarter 27-22, to and... For a stretch of that second quarter, picked up where they left off at the end of that first and had a 
had an eight-point lead, which is our largest of the game. And Amir Coffey hit, I want to say, three mid-ranges all in different ways. One, he just was one-on-one, got to a spot against a smaller defender and pulled in the corner. There was another one where he came off a screen. I liked what I saw from Amir in this game. This was more like the Amir Coffey we saw last season when the Clippers were missing so many guys throughout the year. Just good in transition, good defensively. And speaking of good defensively, Robert Covington. Great hands, hit a three, well-timed help in that second quarter. And the Clippers just have bigger lineups now because they got rid of Reggie Jackson and Luke Kennard. So now, even if Ty Lue wants to, he can't put a bunch of guards out there. So I just love that. And it wasn't just Robert Covington, Amir Coffey. Brandon Boston in the second quarter, it wasn't just him in transition and playing good D. He was starting to hit mid-ranges and drop coverage, pulling up. It was beautiful. I love to see when Brandon Boston gets a, a rhythm offensively and gets those minutes where he can actually take shots that don't feel like, I got to make this or else I'm about to get subbed out of the game and not play for five straight games. So it's cool to see that. But notice, I'm mentioning all these guys and I'm not mentioning PG. I just felt the whole first half that PG needed to get it going. He needed to get going. He just wasn't hitting his jumpers. There were normal shots that he always makes, but obviously not getting to the rim. And the Bucks, they had a lot of points in the paint. And Brooke Lopez to end the first half, and they were staggering Brooke Lopez and Giannis in the game. He dominated that end of the second half. I mentioned him looking like Hakeem, just doing everything. I mean, guarding the pick and roll well, protecting the rim. There was one time where he blocked Paul George in the first half, but then I don't, I don't remember Paul George going at him in drop coverage at all in terms of going to the rim on him for the rest of the half. In the third quarter, I don't remember if it was the third or the fourth, but in the second half, he did it twice, went at Brook Lopez in the pick and roll and drop coverage, and scored twice. Because you forget, he's 6'9 and still has decent bounce. He can elevate on guys like Brook Lopez sometimes if he uses his body right and goes up strong. And I, that's just what's, what makes it so mind-boggling is you see Paul George do these things like get to the basket against Brook Lopez. Like, go to the mid-post and hit turnarounds without even taking a dribble, you know, not risking losing the ball. Yet, he makes the game so complicated. And at the same time, you have to say, you got to give him a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say a pass, but you can say, well, he's being asked to do so much in terms of ball handling right now. And that is fair, especially when Kawhi's not playing. And that's why Eric Gordon coming in is going to be good as well. He can play make decently in the pick and roll. Better than probably Kennard could. And better than, you know, in this stage, John Wall because he's more of a threat coming off that screen to shoot the ball and just make shots in general. But overall, Bill Milwaukee outscored the Clips by two in the third. It was a five-point game going into the fourth quarter, 81-76. I thought the Clippers, you know, we still had a chance, but in the fourth, it was just... <sighs> we just got dominated on the inside. 16 second chance points, I believe, the Bucks had throughout the game. And the Clippers, we just couldn't get a stop. Just couldn't get a stop. We were too small. Zubats just had to work so hard. And again, it was a game of if it's a Zubats guarding Giannis. And he was just struggling. I mean, who wouldn't struggle with Giannis? Yeah, and it definitely hurts not having Nicholas Batum, Kawhi Leonard, and now Mason Plumley. Clippers got out-rebounded 49-35 in the game. The Bucks got nine offensive rebounds to the Clippers' three. It was just tough. But yeah, at one point of the fourth quarter, 
They said on the broadcast that they had 16 second chance points and the Clippers just couldn't get a stop. They couldn't get a stop. Giannis was just too dominant. We needed more just length, size, strength out there. And we have that, but here's the thing. We're not going to play the Bucks for the rest of the season unless we meet in the championship. And you know what? The way things are going right now, odds are probably not going to happen, especially looking at us. The Bucks have a better chance, just being honest right now. But overall, Paul George and Ty Lue's minutes distribution to the two things I was referencing earlier. Paul jo- uh, Ty Lue's minutes distribution is harsh. Let me just read some out to you. Marcus Morris got 31 minutes. I mentioned all this stuff earlier. Four for seven from three is just about the only thing he did that was great. 31 minutes. He got more minutes than Terrence Mann, who was playing, as I said, he was our best player in the first quarter. He was five for nine in the game. Efficient as well. Yeah, he was 0 for 2 from 3. Big whoop. He had 10 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists. Didn't turn the ball over. But he only gets 28 minutes. 3 less than Marcus Morris. Robert Covington gets 5 less than Marcus Morris. 2 for 5 from 3, 6 points, 2 blocks, 2 assists. We know he's a better defender. He was playing better defense. Norman Powell, 24 minutes. He gets, this is our 6th man of the year candidate that we want to win the award he's getting less minutes than amir coffee he's getting less minutes than brandon boston he's getting less minutes than terrence he's getting less minutes than marcus morris yeah he was three for nine but he's a plus four he had 16 points and four assists he is he had zero turnovers he got to the line 10 times which is eight more times than anyone else on the clippers and he's getting 24 minutes That's, come on, disrespectful to Norman Powell. And you might be thinking, was he in foul trouble? No, he only had one foul. So that's insane, in my opinion, from Ty Lue. Next, Paul George, 8 for 23. For an all-star, he is extremely inconsistent. And we've known this since the second he put on the uniform because he's so in love with the jumper. He's 6'9", he can still get to the rim more than he gives himself credit for. More than Kawhi can, in my opinion. He's quicker than him. A couple more inches taller as well. It's just, he's such a great jump shooter, but he's, you know, sometimes he can be hit or miss. And he needs to continue to be aggressive. And that is with Kawhi or without Kawhi. But at least he shot 20 plus times. I just think, you know, he settles. But coming up, going to be talking about my predicted rotation for the Warriors game. Let's talk about it. Coming up. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. My favorite NBA bets for the week? Huh. I'm going with the Clippers' money line against the Warriors on Tuesday night. Why? Because there's no Steph Curry, and I'm feeling a little good about these new additions, giving the Clippers a little bit of that boost. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlays. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 
So the Clippers lose to the Milwaukee Bucks 106 to 119. They dropped to 31 and 28, 14 and 13 at home. I want to say they're 4 and 5 this year when I've gone to games under 500. Don't like to see that when your expectation is to win a championship. Paul George, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 6 assists. Did only turn the ball over one time. And the Clippers did do a better job taking care of the ball with only 9 turnovers as a team. But he was 8 for 23 and he shot 11 threes and was 3 for 11. So that's just way too many threes. No free throw attempts, quite frankly, is not acceptable for a player of his caliber. Amir Coffey, 10 points. Norman Powell, 16 points. Brandon Boston, 20 points on 9 for 13 shooting. So I think the last time was Cleveland when he played and got this many minutes, and he was very efficient in that one as well. So Brandon Boston, just keep an eye on it, even though I don't think it means anything, which brings us to the new additions. And by the way, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 35 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. Brooke Lopez, 22 points and 15 rebounds. Anyway, let's talk about this Warriors game. It's going to be a tough one. No Steph Curry means probably less Steph Curry fanboys and fangirls in the crowd on Tuesday, which is a good thing for the Clippers and the fans going to the game. I, as of now, don't have a ticket. Probably won't be going. Those games kind of tend to raise my blood pressure. A lot of these Warrior bandwagon fans now. But there's also a lot of Bay Area fans here, which is factual as well. But yeah. Let's talk about the rotation. I think the Clippers, I'm hearing, just based on tweets from a lot of the beat writers, that Eric Gordon will probably be probably be starting. And the person that's going to be likely coming out is Terrence Mann. Let's assume Kawhi's playing in this hypothetical. Terrence Mann coming out is a mistake in my opinion. For one, you lose the defensive, him guarding the point of attack, right? Which he does that no one else, even though we switch one through four, Having a guy, because they want to put Zubats in the pick and roll. So having Terrence be the guy to start out on the best player on the other team, just fighting through those screens, is better than anyone else, quite frankly. Besides maybe Nico, who Ty Luce seems to like more than Senior, which is really the root of the issue. Terrence Mann shouldn't be the one coming out if Eric Gordon starts. I don't mind Eric Gordon starting. But Marcus Morris, Eric Gordon, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George just feels like a lot of shot hunting, a lot of jump shooting. I think it's nice to have a guy that doesn't look to score the ball so much. That's out there for different things. And that's what Terrence Mann does. So in my opinion, Terrence Mann, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Eric Gordon, and Zoo should be the starting five. Because Kawhi Leonard, I think, can guard the four you know, in today's NBA. Which is a lot of just guys that are really small forwards, bigger small forwards, playing next to a center. Because there's really only one big in today's game out on the court at the same time. If that, sometimes no big. Not as much two bigs. So Kawhi Leonard, I think, can guard those kind of guys. And Paul George, like these guys can switch. If we're 6'5 and up or 6'4 and up and our smallest guy is Eric Gordon out there in the starting lineup, we got size. We can guard. But let's go with what I think is going to happen. It's going to be Eric Gordon, Kawhi, Paul George, Zoo, and Senior. Off the bench, that leaves you with six players that have a case to play. Bones Highland, Norman Powell, Eric Gordon, Nicholas Batum, Robert Covington, and Mason Plumley. That's not even counting Brewmaster and Brandon Boston or Musa or any of those guys are done, by the way. So Musa and Moses, they're not going to be playing much anymore. It's going to be Mason Plumley, which is good. We're a championship contending team. Those guys are young. Mason definitely will be getting in the rotation. Norman Powell as well. You'd have you'd like to think, oh why did I say Eric Gordon? Terrence Mann, I'm sorry, not Eric Gordon. 
Terrence Mann, the one good thing is, if you have Terrence Mann alongside Bones Highland, and I think that was the name I forgot, was Bones Highland. If you have Terrence Mann alongside Bones Highland and Norman Powell, you're not as bad defensively as if you would be with Norm, Bones Highland, and Eric Gordon. At least you have Terrence in there. Alongside Nico and Mason, or Rocco and Mason. Most likely Nico and Mason. Which really makes me think, what does this trade mean for Rocco? That's really what I question. But let's say the Clippers went with Terrence Mann and Norman Powell splitting the ball handling duties in the second unit and then had Nico, Rocco, and Mason. That's like a secondary starting five damn near, honestly. But that would mean not playing Bones Highland. It's a tough decision to be made. It's really a tough decision. And plus, uh, Ty Lue likes to stagger Kawhi and Paul George, but then recently he doesn't want to do it anymore. He's been playing 10-man or 9-man rotations, but not staggering them. Actually, no, that's impossible. Ten man, Yeah, he's been playing 10-man rotations. So he's got a lot of options. What should do I think? What's my final answer for what the rotation should be? I think it should be Marcus Morris Sr. not in the starting lineup. It should be Eric Gordon, Terrence, Kawhi, Paul, and Zoo. Off the bench, you got Bones Highland, Norman Powell, Nico, Rocco, and Mason. Yes, I think Senior shouldn't be in the rotation out of those 11. I do. Ty doesn't agree with me. But I wouldn't mind if like Senior's there instead of Rocco. But I really like Rocco's hands and his help defense. It's really fantastic. But anyway, that's what I think. Let's just see what happens. I could be here all day predicting what could happen or what I want to happen. Let's see what Ty does. And hopefully Kawhi Leonard plays. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeJumperPod. Make sure to subscribe to Locked On Clippers and let me know what your rotation would be for the Warriors game, assuming Kawhi plays. Thanks for making Locked On Clippers your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NBA. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game-to-Game on Locked On NBA, available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. The age-old proverb continues. Go Clippers. Got a special, interesting episode planned for you for Tuesday. Enjoy your Monday, Clipper Nation, and peace.